Hi guys, I hope y'all are having a great day. And even if you're not, I think you definitely came to the right episode. My name is Kavya Menon, and I'm one of the members of the podcast team of Keep Girls Educated, an organization created to raise awareness for the lack of education girls receive worldwide and provide resources to young women on their journey to success. Welcome or welcome back to the KGE podcast. To introduce myself a little bit, I am currently a junior at Lakeside High School in Augusta, Georgia. I want to go into the medical field, and I have an adorable six-year-old beagle mix named Corey. For today's episode, I did want to put a trigger warning. I will be discussing suicide, mental illness, and eating disorders. So if any of those topics make you uncomfortable, please exit out right now because your mental health should always be a priority. So as I'm recording this, it's actually September, which is National Suicide Awareness Month, and I really wanted to do a mental health episode. So I went on my Instagram and I asked my followers what they wanted me to talk about. So a couple friends wanted me to address the stigma surrounding mental health, which is obviously super prevalent in today's society, so I did want to touch on that. A misconception that I used to have was that I never needed to work on mental health because I wasn't suicidal, and therefore I didn't need to work on it. And I also thought therapy was only for people who had been diagnosed with a mental illness. These are absolutely not true. Therapy is a great option for everyone, whether you've been diagnosed with a mental illness or not. And everyone should make their mental health a priority, whether you have a mental illness or not. My friend Isabel sent me an essay on mental health stigma, and it actually dates so far back in history. People believed mental illness was inherited through your family and that it would be a disgrace to your family. The things they did to people with poor mental health were disowning them, caging them, putting them into mental institutions. Although the stigma is not as extreme now, it definitely still exists. And it largely stems from a viewpoint that people with poor mental health are dangerous. And a lot of this can come from the media, which can glorify self-harm or violence, as well as many articles labeling people with poor mental health as violent and angry, which can persuade people to not seek help. Getting rid of this stigma will help countless people to come forward about their struggles. So I would really recommend starting with yourself. Change your own mindset about therapy. Start prioritizing your own mental health and being aware of your emotions, and then you can move on to others. Check up on your friends, talk about things you're going through with family and friends, post infographics on social media to raise awareness. The change has to start with you and your home before it can multiply. So always be looking for ways you can take care of your own mental health and spread awareness to combat this stigma. So this episode, I really wanted to discuss teenage mental health because I am a teenager. So according to the World Health Organization, suicide is the third leading cause of death among 15 to 19 year olds and half of all mental health conditions actually appear by 14 years of age, but most go undetected and untreated. Adolescence is a really unique and formative time because of physical, social, and emotional changes. The more risk factors an adolescent is exposed to, the greater the potential impact on their mental health. So risk factors could include pressure to conform with peers, exploration of sexual identity, and increased access to technology, as well as socioeconomic factors and bullying. If left untreated, mental health issues could extend well into adulthood. 
The most common mental illnesses in adolescents are anxiety, mood, attention, and behavior disorders. I also wanted to touch on particularly how it affects girls. So according to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, society raises girls to develop faster in terms of emotional regulation, which is how you exert control over your emotions. For example, girls are taught it's not okay for them to get super angry because it's not how they should act. And this actually makes girls more sensitive to emotional stimuli. So one effect of this is by mid-adolescence, girls are two times more likely than boys to develop mood disorders Two-thirds of teenagers taking antidepressants are girls, and girls make up over 90% of hospitalizations of eating disorders. The National Study of Health Statistics found that from 2000 to 2016, rate of female death by suicide increased by 50%. Those are just some facts about female mental health, but no matter who you are, mental health is so important to take care of. A couple people wanted me to talk about mental health during the pandemic, and I could honestly make another entire episode about this, but something I've noticed is, while everyone has been making sure to take care of their physical health, wearing masks, gloves, many people have not been prioritizing their mental health, and I really encourage you to do research on this. I found lots of studies confirming that people have worse mental health problems than before the pandemic, including stress, anxiety, depression, and PTSD, and of course, loneliness on top of that. There are a lot of serious topics that factor into it as well, such as a worldwide increase in domestic violence and your socioeconomic status, as well as people of color suffering disproportionately under the pandemic. I wanted to see specifically how it was affecting teenagers, so I reached out to a couple of my friends and some of the responses I got were feeling unproductive and a general feeling of more than boredom, but loneliness. On top of that, seeing other kids on social media at huge parties, not social distancing, hanging out with their friends is definitely not the most beneficial for your mental health. There is a lot up in the air right now. College apps, standardized testing, our events, and competitions for our clubs, volunteering hours. How will it all work? I feel like at the beginning of quarantine, everyone was telling us, make a routine, make a routine, and several months later, we're all kind of stuck in our routines and just a general feeling of loneliness and isolation, which can definitely be tough. But I did want this episode to be a positive one, so I will be discussing ways that you can take care of your mental health all year round, not just during a pandemic. I wanted this episode to be more of a conversation and make it seem like your friend was talking with you. So these are all things that have genuinely worked for me. The first thing, and I cannot recommend this enough, is finding a creative outlet. So for me, this would probably be playing the piano. I really like playing the piano, but sometimes even that can get stressful when it gets closer to competitions. But something I would recommend is having a couple of fun pieces to play. So I have the Moana soundtrack, the La La Land soundtrack, Frozen, and they're really easy, but that's okay because I'm not playing them to impress people, I'm playing them to have fun. So if you don't play a musical instrument, this creative outlet may look different for you. It could be painting, drawing, cooking, baking, sewing, making jewelry, even coloring in a coloring book. But I'd say that everyone should have a go-to creative outlet. There's actually scientific reasoning behind this. Repetitive creative motions, for example, knitting, are actions that create a result. 
And when you create a result, no matter what it is, your brain releases dopamine, which is the feel-good chemical that helps motivate you. So next time you're feeling sad, try doing something creative. The second thing I would recommend is journaling. I feel like everyone in the world, myself included, has started journaling at some point and then stopped because they got lazy. But I can definitely feel the difference in my mindset when I stop journaling. There's just something so freeing about taking something you would never say out loud and writing it down on paper. The spelling and grammar don't have to be perfect, and best of all, no one has to see it. So you can be 100% yourself. Even if it's just one or two lines, I would highly recommend taking up journaling to reduce stress. The third thing I would recommend is taking care of your physical health. The mind and body are connected, as I'm sure you know. And I feel like sometimes I get in these moods where I'm sad, so I start eating a lot of junk, and then my body feels bad, and then my body feels bad anyway, so might as well eat more junk food. It's just an overall bad cycle. So what I would recommend to get back on track is making something delicious that's really healthy. For me, it's peanut butter and bananas on toast, for example. And drinking a lot of water also helps with unhealthy cravings. Exercise is also a great outlet. I'm sure we all know that exercise releases endorphins, which are a feel-good chemical in your brain. I think the most important thing to remember about physical health is that it should be for you and no one else. So there is no reason to feel guilty about not getting in shape during the pandemic. And definitely treat yourself once in a while. If you eat healthy the whole day, then you deserve a cookie at the end of the day, in my opinion. The last thing I would recommend is changing up your routine. During the pandemic, or even during normal life, if you ever feel stuck in your routine, try changing something up. Try to reduce your screen time by an hour that week, bake something, try a new restaurant order, walk a different route in your neighborhood. I've had friends do Chloe Ting challenges, changing their clothing style, even dyeing their hair. Anything that's not what you normally do. This will stop you from being bored and open up your eyes to a new perspective. And of course, above all, please be honest and open with family and friends about your feelings. And check in on your friends as well, because you never know what they could be going through, and you are all in this pandemic together. So those are some strategies I use to take care of my mental health all year round. But there are definitely more, like gardening or going outside more, so I would encourage you to do your research. Next, a couple people wanted me to talk about school and balancing extracurriculars, which I feel like has gotten a little easier during the pandemic because most things are virtual, but the number one thing that helps me not feel stressed is planning. I seriously cannot stress this enough. Whether you have a physical planner or a digital calendar, which I personally prefer, having everything in front of you makes it seem a lot less overwhelming. For those of you listening that use a Google Classroom, a life hack that I use a lot is going into the app, clicking the three lines in the top left-hand corner, and selecting Calendar. All your Google Classroom assignments will pop up on the calendar with due dates. It's super convenient. If your teacher uses a different platform to assign things, then I would recommend using another system to keep track of them. I personally put all my assignments on my Google Calendar, as well as my personal life events as well. Planning is probably the number one tip I have to keep me organized and sane. As for balance, I feel like we all have this sort of mentality where 
We have to be on top of everything at one time. And that's just not realistic. Think about it. I can't be putting 100% into school, 100% into dance, 100% into piano, 100% into my social life, 100% into eating healthy and working out, 100% into my family. So my advice for you would be to prioritize. For example, school usually comes first, obviously, but sometimes social events come up that you just have to miss, whether you are busy that day or you have a test coming up. So my main tip for balancing school and extracurriculars is deciding what your priorities are. Maybe you have a violin recital coming up, so violin is one of your main priorities right now. So you put 100% into school and 100% into violin. But maybe eating healthy and working out takes a bit of a backseat. Maybe you only put 60% into that. And that's okay because you don't have to be all on top of everything all at once. I feel like we need to change this mindset of balance being putting 100% into everything all the time. And trust me, I know that school can take over your life sometimes and it can feel so stressful, but trust me when I say that one test, one quiz is not the end of the world. And if it helps, I have learned over the years, stop comparing yourself to others because a lot of people are just as insecure or just as stressed out as you. They just don't show it. And above all, Talk to your classmates and friends if you're feeling stressed, and normalize taking a mental health day from school if you need it. So to wrap up this episode, the day I wrote this outline, I was honestly not having the best day, and I almost felt guilty because I was writing this whole podcast episode about mental health, and I had just had this awful day. But something important to remember when taking care of your mental health is that it is okay to have a bad day. Not every day will be perfect, and that's just life. So the day I wrote this outline, I actually took my own advice. I put my phone down, journaled, I made vegan apple crisp, and I watched Gossip Girl. And I'm not going to say that I immediately felt perfectly happy again afterward, because just doing those things won't automatically snap you out of a bad mood. But they did make me feel better, and I woke up the next day feeling really good. Working on your mental health isn't supposed to be about perfection. It's supposed to be about progress. Always remember progress over perfection. So if you are listening to this podcast and every day is starting to feel like a bad day, then it may be time to take a more drastic step. Please discuss how you are feeling with your loved ones. This could even be a teacher or a coach. If you don't feel comfortable telling them, discuss it with your doctor or a therapist. There are a lot of therapists willing to do Zoom calls if you would feel safer doing that. And above all, remember to please be kind and gentle with yourself and don't feel like you are selfish or attention-seeking if you ask for help. Just like how you would go to the doctor if you had the flu, you should seek help from a professional if you feel like you have poor mental health. Finally, I wanted to share some resources that I personally really like. If you want to donate, an amazing organization is the Jed Foundation a nonprofit organization that protects emotional health and prevents suicide for teens and young adults in the United States. An Instagram account that I really like is The Real Depression Project, which posts helpful infographics on different types of mental illness. Always follow social media accounts that have a positive impact on your life. And as always, there is a ton of info online on the CDC and WHO websites if you ever want more information. Above all, take it day by day and remember to be kind to yourself. And with that, I'd like to conclude our podcast for today. 
Thank you all so much for listening and have a great day.